What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. And look who we've got. <laughs> it's been a long time, but Zora Stevenson is here. Uh, that only works if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, which is another reason why you should have already subscribed on YouTube. But we've got Zora here. Uh, we're going to be talking lots of Giannis today. There was a great story that dropped from our friend Eric Name. Uh, but we're going to talk a bit about Giannis off the court, a bit about Giannis on the court, and overall where the Bucks lie right now. It's such an interesting regular season. We've been going through it over the last few weeks. But Zora is the per perfect person to do it with, so let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer! Bucks win it! show daily and also find my work over at ESPN and joining us is our great friend uh, Bucks sideline reporter Bucks play-by-play -play reporter Olympic reporter winter games expert with NBC uh, there's so many hats that Zora Stevenson is wearing right now but we're thankful every time we get to hang out with her and Zora by the way uh, a, a bit has happened since you were last on the show including uh, the Bucks did win an NBA championship so it's good to have you back I'm so pumped to be here with you, Kane, and I'm glad we could figure out the schedules. My first thought when I joined was like, oh, you all have leveled up. Like, this is this is impressive. The intro video and the, the setup that you now have on YouTube, I'm thoroughly impressed. Are you comfortable on camera, Zora? I don't know. I don't think I've done <laughs> it before. <laughs> All right. Well, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, we always thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every single day. And it's always great when we have a co host like Zora Stevenson on the show. And we get a few more listens or a few more downloads. It's, it's great for us. It's great for us to get that. Uh, the extra viewers, so if you are listening for the first time, maybe you're listening on audio, maybe you're watching on YouTube, but we're available on all those platforms, so you can check us out there. So, Zora, let's just start with this Bucks season right now, and I've been saying this all year long. I have no idea what to think. I have no idea what to take from every game on a night-to-night -night basis. How would you assess the Bucks season so far? Because we've had a crazy couple of regular seasons here in the NBA, but I think that this one has gone to the next level, which feels insane in itself to say. I agree. You asked that question of how's the season going so far. I don't know if it's fair to even analyze it. That's mm -hmm. my true thought because of all that has gone on and is going on. And no, it's not an excuse, right? Like this team has weapons up and down the roster, so it should not matter when you're talking about the thick of the regular season, who's in or who's out. They have the ability to, to win basketball games. But I don't know if it's fair to have a deep analysis at this point given the circumstances. I mean, first it's Brooke Lopez and that, you know, took the team some time to adjust without Brooke. I mean, every press conference, it felt like for the first month of the season, Giannis was like, Brooke, I miss you. I need you. <laughs> like playing the five is not what I want to do. Then finally, Bobby Portis finds his mojo and they adjust the defense for him, which I think is like props to coach Bud, props to Bobby for figuring out what works for him and how it can all mesh with the team. Then you've got Chris Middleton in health and safety 
then Drew with the ankle, I believe, in the beginning. Then, you know, Drew kind of leads the team through that stretch where Giannis is out and Chris is out. Then Drew goes into COVID protocols. Now it's Drew's ankle. I mean, it's like up and down every day. I don't even know who's going to be there. The guys don't even know who's going to be there, right? Like it's one thing for the outside not to know who's available that night, but for the players to show up to the game and walk into that locker room and probably have to walk around like, are you playing today? Like, are you good? Or who do we have? Um, I didn't even bring up Dante and how he's been in and out, right? I mean, he was supposed to come back before Christmas. Then he goes into protocols, comes back on Christmas Day, which I think, I know it's super exciting, but for me as a former athlete, I'm like, do I want my first game on Christmas Day? Like, I want to <laughs> ease back into it. I, I don't know. And then he twists his ankle again. I mean, there's been so many stories you could go down the line. So, yeah, I don't know if it's fair to analyze. With everything going on, fifth in the East, yeah, it's it's not awful. But, you know, Bobby Portis the other day was like, I want to win. Like, we keep acting like the regular season doesn't matter. Every game matters, especially the situation in the East right now where, you know, teams are two and three games behind first place. It's like if you go on a three or four game winning streak, you could be number one. And we know how important home court advantage is. We saw it, you know, last season. This is this is exactly right, though, because you look at the standings, and the Bucks are actually in fifth right now as we're recording this, and they've got some difficult games coming up. But as we all do, I'm listening to podcasts and listening to chat about other teams, and I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they're talking about the Bulls, and they said, well, Chicago's lost a few games, but they don't have Lonzo Ball in the lineup. They don't have Alex Caruso. And it's like, okay, cool. So they're like every other team in the NBA right now. And, and this is this is why I'm finding it so difficult to get a read on any team across the league. So with that in mind, I find mm-hmm. myself looking at this team and saying, well, it's fine. Would I have said that it's fine 12 months ago before the Bucks won the title? Maybe no, not. I, exactly right. So this is the thing that this team has, and I, I this is why I feel fine about where they're at, as long as they can get healthy, which of course is a question mark, is because we have seen them twice against Brooklyn. We have seen them on Christmas Day, maybe not the best four-quarter performance, but when push came to shove, they got it done. Against the Warriors, they played really well. They do still have extra gears, it feels like, and it's not to say that they don't want to win on every night or against every team, because of course that they do, uh, but they have shown an ability to play up to the spotlight, let's say. I agree. And I asked the guys this very question. I mean, you beat Golden State handedly. You beat Brooklyn wire to wire, I believe. But you lose to Detroit. You lose to Charlotte twice. You lose to Toronto three times. And then this past one, you lose to Atlanta, by the way, who had not won at home since November. Obviously, I mean, on paper, the Bucks are way better than all the teams that they lost to, even with guys in and out of the lineup. And Giannis was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but... Bobby was like, well, for the big games, like we're NBA players, like naturally it's human nature. You get up for those. And the Bucs just need to find a way to have motivation for every single game, whether it's national television, whether it's a marquee matchup or not, because, and as they know, teams are treating their games against the Bucs like it's a marquee matchup every single night. Like when Detroit sees the Bucs on the schedule, they're like, all right, we want to try to beat the defending champions. Um, people are bringing their, their best games out. And I'm not talking about just the stars. I mean, after the game against Atlanta, Coach Bud was like, I don't even really think Trey Young was the problem. It was all of the other guys around him. And so these role players want to want to show that they, what they've got against the Bucs as well. So I think it's like a it's, – it's, I don't want to say motivation because, I mean, these are professionals, right, and, and they're great guys. But, like, just some extra pizzazz. Like, we need Bobby Portis energy <laughs> with everybody for every game. And that's probably not realistic, but – 
just my thought. <laughs> so, th- so that's really interesting because last year I was, I felt like I was the body language police trying to, trying to read into every answer because I, I felt in my head that this had to be a team that was carrying a lot of weight and a lot of pressure from being such a good regular season team two years in a row. Uh, but they know that you only get so many chances to win a title. So I was listening to the way the team was talking and it was very relaxed. We're not worried. We're fine. And in my head, I was like, you can't be fine. There's no human way that you can possibly be fine. There has to be a little bit of stress. There has to be a little bit of anxiety. So have you noticed a shift from last year to this year? Maybe it feels more real. Maybe they are more relaxed. Or maybe just straight up, it is harder to be motivated when you've already done it. Now, I don't think that that characteristic normally I would attribute to this group, but there's also a bit of human nature in that. I think it depends who you talk to. I, I don't think the team is a monolith. And what's interesting is they don't have all the same opinions. I think Giannis and Chris are never going to show themselves sweating, if that makes sense. Right. So those are the guys that are going to go to the mic and talk about getting better and everything's okay. And part of the process and, you know, keep calm, carry on type situation. Then you have Drew Holiday who he'll like, he's in the middle to me. I think, you know, if he feels something, he'll say a little bit of it. Other end of the spectrum, Bobby Portis, who's like, we're trash in the third quarter. I hate losing. Uh, my first five seasons in the league, I lost. <laughs> and now I've got a taste of what it feels like to win. And I want to win every day. Like, he was perturbed after the loss to the Hawks. You know, he doesn't hide anything. So I really think it depends on who you talk to. And I do think all the guys feel differently. Maybe Giannis is like, yo, we're good. Like, I'm a professional. I know how to turn it on. And then you may have guys like Bobby Portis who are like, no, I want to win every single night. I don't care who we're playing. Bobby Portis, by the way, makes me laugh every time. What does he describe? He's, does he describe his former teams as bum teams? Is that what uh, he said? Stinker, stinker. Stinker teams. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, when he says that every single time, and he does because, you know, as you're traveling through other reporters around the country, will or the world for that matter, but let's include everyone here, they'll ask questions and he'll repeat some stuff that you've heard before. And he yeah. always says that. And it's just it's so funny to me that Bobby Porters, that's how he describes some of the teams. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But to your point, uh, there's not too many guys that would come out and say that. We're going to get into Giannis here because uh, I'm equally or more so fascinated about him for good reason than any other player on the team on court, but particularly off court. Eric Name had a great story today on The Athletic, which uh, we highly recommend you check out our friend's work at The Athletic. If you're not subscribed, check it out. Uh, But before we do that, let's talk about Price Picks, which is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players like Giannis, as well as the bench players that only record a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made. You can pick two to five players and the over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers there. So go to pricepicks.com, or you can download the app on your app store. All users a deposit and use the promo code NBA. We'll get 50 bucks free if your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. Go with Giannis. That would be my suggestion there. I think he's going to score a single point. That's right. All users, users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will get 50 bucks free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, let's get to Giannis. So this story that Eric had was basically around the premise that the Athletic did their rankings for the NBA 75 they had Giannis ranked at number 24 all time. Uh, keeping in mind, he's still only 27 years old. It's pretty ridiculous, but we've all watched it. 
We've been very fortunate to be able to do so. We've seen everything that he's done over the last few years and continuing to do, by the way. One of the things that I found really interesting, and he's said it over the last couple of years, but there was that one uh, moment during the press conference, I believe it was pregame. It was one of the games during the finals where he gave that that big speech, I guess, if you want to call it, about being humble and, and all. He went through all that stuff, as he does. He's always very uh, thoughtful with the answers that he gives. But one... Yeah. He, he does have sayings that he will repeat and he'll say the same thing over and over. And one of the comments that he's been saying recently is he had to get over himself. And I do think that it's very important for all people, by the way. I'm the type of person that if you compliment me, I'm not listening to you because I, I don't want to hear it. And there is, I would have to imagine when you're as good as Giannis is and everyone wants to say you're the best and everyone all day wants to say you how great you are, that has to be really, really difficult to get to that point. And I think part of it is the background. I think the journey to get where he is. But when you try and decipher what's real and what's not real, and you said he's not going to sweat up there in the press conference, that to me feels pretty real with Giannis. The the fact that he needed to get over himself? You, yeah, I, it's just the process to get there. And now he does seem to be very comfortable with who he is, where he's at, what he's done, what he's achieved. And quite frankly, what he still wants to achieve. You know, what's interesting about that, Kane, is a lot of the article, right? We're talking about year one, two, three, maybe even up to year seven. Every year it was like trying to prove something to the guys, his teammates or a coach, right? It's like, I got to prove to coach that he can keep me in down the stretch. I got to prove to the guys that I'm worth that first contract that he re-signed for. Like he was always trying to prove something. And then you get into year like seven, eight, and now nine where he wasn't trying to prove as much. I think, you know, seven, eight, it was like proving I could, you know, he could win the entire thing. And now I think whatever he's trying to prove is all like, there's nobody externally. He's trying to prove anything to. It's probably just to himself that he can win again. Does that make sense? Like it was just very interesting to me, the evolution of each year, like his motivation was to prove to somebody else something but now that he's done it all, I mean, you talk about MVP, defensive player of the year, even beginning, it was like, I want to be a starter. I want to finish the game. Uh, I want to be the go-to guy on the team. Like what else? So now I think it's all internal. And he's, and this goes back to his GQ article as well. He's a guy that needs a challenge. I think he talked about that in his GQ article. Like if he doesn't have a challenge, because life's been so hard for him. Like even from the beginning, everything was hard. So if it starts to get easy, like easy is uncomfortable for him. Hard is the comfort zone because that's what he's used to. But now, like, okay, that's what he's like. I need, like, that's why I want, you know, another championship because something's got to be hard or else he probably lacks that pizzazz. That's what so I then, garner from all these different conversations. So that's the interesting part. And I'm glad you mentioned that because we hear him all the time and he does these interviews and they'll play Brooklyn and he'll go, well, KD is the best player in the world. And then they'll play the Lakers and he'll go, well, LeBron's the best player in the world. And it's like, okay. And part of me wants to be skeptical that he actually believes that. But when it comes back to always wanting to, and some people may say, well, that's fabricated because he wants to have something to chase. And as long as you have something to chase, then you're always going to have that motivation to get there. And I do think that that's part of his makeup. But then I remember back to when he won the championship. It might surprise you. I remember back all the way when they won the championship a few months ago. But he was on, he was mic'd up. And uh, I assume in that moment when you win an NBA championship, I've never been there, but I assume you forget about the little things and that people can hear what you're saying. And the first thing he said to Bud was, is let's win the championship again. So part of me wants to sit there and say that I think that that's made up. 
because he needs that. And that's great. I think that's what makes great athletes uh, across all sports great, that they always have something to chase and they're never satisfied. But it also, it, part of it's real because there's no way that you can respond like that. Like that is a psychotic reaction to get to the top of the mountain and then to say, let's do it all again. I remember that line vividly. It was like right at, you know, mid-court and he's hugging head coach Mike Budenholzer. I think sometimes when you say something so much, it becomes real. Right. So he, I mean, he's saying so much like LeBron's the best player, Kevin Durant's the best player. Obviously, like internally, I do think he believes he's, you know, in the conversation with all those guys. But like you're constantly saying it. So then your mind, it's like ingrained in your mind and it's just second nature. Like we got to have something else. We got to have something else. And so it's, it's so ingrained in his mind. Like in that moment, he wasn't even taking in that moment. He was like, coach, but we got to do it again. So I think it's just become a part of him. Like I said, that challenge, I I really think it's like the fabric of who he is. The, the, the idea that he's got to chase something and stuff has to be hard, but you know, don't, no mistake about it. Like he did enjoy that night. I mean, I haven't seen Giannis that relaxed. Like, I mean, the guy was walking around like just on top of the world. Like after he, you know, hugs coach, but like he was ecstatic. He was on top of the world. He really was walking around Pfizer forum after the championship for hours. And he would not let go of that trophy. Slept with it. Like, I think they had to try to get it back because, like, they needed it for the parade. <laughs> well, this is this is the other side of Giannis that I, I think everyone sort of got a glimpse into over, over the course of the years, and certainly you've seen it up close, is that um, there is still the childish aspect of Giannis where he just wants to have fun. But uh, I think that's where I, I am most interested in just watching how he's evolved over time. And I remember... The first playoff series that he played in, he got ejected. He absolutely steamrolled Mike Dunleavy. And I've referenced this a few times on the podcast, but I was in Brooklyn going back multiple years ago and talking to Jared Dudley, who was on the Bucks at the time, about that incident. And he kind of just said, well, Giannis was very immature at that point, and he, he had no control over his emotions whatsoever. And we've still seen over the course of the years that he sees red sometimes, and it's like, okay, how is this going to play out? But there's no doubt that he's matured over time. And part of that would be accepting that you have to lose. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be there in, in Toronto when they lost the Eastern Conference Finals. And we know he walked off the podium. There was all this type of stuff. And you do have to go through these experiences, I think. And he's been through it and he's matured. And by the way, he's also a dad now as well. There's things outside of basketball that he, he's got to. And there's probably a level of comfort of where he's at. But you still notice that this man coming back to the earlier point, he still hates losing. Like there is, they can beat the Detroit Pistons and not that we're picking on the Detroit Pistons on today's podcast, but they can beat the Detroit Pistons and Giannis will come up there on the podium and he'll be joking. He'll be laughing. He'll be saying the most ridiculous stuff. So even the little wins still bring him so much joy. Agreed. I think two things can be true. I think he's, matured and so his emotions aren't as apparent to all of us and he can still be really happy when he wins and really angry angry when he loses I I think a lot of things are happening at once but it's only my third season and I've seen the maturity in terms of expressing himself after a win or loss so after a win I mean yeah he jokes but he's not ever like too high and after the Detroit game uh he wasn't too low I mean I mean, when Eric interviewed Giannis for this article, it was after they had lost to Toronto. 
if that would have been Giannis, like, I don't know, two to three years ago, would he have even wanted to talk for that long? I doubt it, right? So I, I do think the maturity, and I don't even know if you want to call it maturity because it's not necessarily with age. I just think it's channeling his emotions in a different way and realizing it's a long season. I think especially with the finals, he realized not coasting, but utilizing his body and winning, when to know when to like bring it back and ramp it up and understanding like the longevity that's needed to win an NBA championship. Like you got to have some gas in the tank in June. And so is it worth it to put everything on the line in January? I, I think he's realizing, no, it's not. That's not to say like he's not trying hard, but I mean, even my first year, Giannis would play like it was the championship every <laughs> night and he would just run his body into the ground. He's not exerting himself in the same way. And I, I think, and I think that's to the team's benefit long-term. That's a good point because I, I want to ask you about the way he's playing as well. And he talks a lot about trusting his teammates. I think part of that is the fact that it's a very good roster, first of all, but there's, there's been a change there where he, he doesn't feel like he needs to do absolutely everything. Other guys can take this shot. Other guys can have the ball in their hands, which has been fascinating to see as well. Zora, have you ever had a built bar? No, but break it down. What's a build bar? Well, it's built first of all, and I, I know I'm a, I know I'm Australian, Zora, but you, you should be able to um, understand um, what I'm saying by this point in time. But it is a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. Do you have New Year's resolutions, by the way? I write down some goals. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't get into them. But Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, uh, better than a candy bar, actually, Zora. I don't know if you eat too many candy bars, but Built Bar, uh, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, but they're healthier than your typical protein bar. There's only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to your standard candy bar, it's about 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar. So these are very healthy for you, uh, but they taste like you're eating, you know, whatever it is, your favorite uh, candy bar there. There's a bunch of different flavors that you can go for. Coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. They're always coming out with great limited time flavors, Laura. So you can check it out by going to built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Did I sell you? Yeah, I want to try the raspberry. Okay, there we go. Job well done. We've kept the sponsor, <laughs> we've kept the sponsor on the podcast. That's good. So when you talk about physical exertion, and I know that when you say that, so it's so this is really difficult for me because I 100% agree with you that Giannis has been smarter about his body. He has a, probably a greater understanding of when he needs to go 110%, when he doesn't need yeah. to. Again, pointing back to that story, the example that Giannis came up with himself was a game in Utah where he was squalor, so I had two points at halftime, but he was getting double teamed. He's like, oh, I'll just pass it to this guy. I'll pass it to that guy. His team said, be aggressive. He had 30 points in the second half, went absolutely nuts. He still plays. They lost. They, they did lose. And, but he still plays with a physical exertion level that is beyond what 99% of the human population are, are capable of. But I think he has got smarter at trusting other players, accepting that he can be off the ball, he can set screens, he can he can do other things to help the team win. I think that's where he's, you know, he said, I got over myself last year, really, you know, was the trusting the teammates factor. 
I think the challenge this year and even the beginning this year, like they had to encourage him to be more aggressive. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that was a topic of conversation at the beginning of the season. It's like, okay, trusting is great. Like there's this happy medium. There's this gray area in the middle of the spectrum that's like the sweet spot of Giannis. You know, he talks about getting downhill, being aggressive, finishing at the rim, but then also making the decision to pass to his teammates. What also is interesting is like nobody's going to tell him to be more aggressive if his teammates knock down every shot. But if it's a night where nobody's making shots and all of a sudden, well, he needs to be more aggressive. And that's what's not necessarily fair and what's probably hard for him yeah. as a player to, you know, it's like, well, I'm passing and they're great passes and my teammates are wide open and I'm supposed to just give up on them, you know, if they're missing shots. So then I'm just supposed to, you know, keep it for myself. I, you know, that's why he gets paid the big bucks because he's got to figure all that out. Because it's, you know, it's tough. It's like if Giannis passes up opportunities to go downhill but hits his teammates for wide open threes and they're knocking them down, nobody says, okay, Giannis, you need to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. But if it's a night, and, and what's so interesting to me is the Bucks have nights where everybody hits or everybody doesn't hit. I'm like, why can we never be in the middle? Anyways, yeah. uh, if it's one of those nights where nobody's hitting, then afterwards, like, Giannis needs to be more aggressive. But it's the same shots they're getting. It's just, as Darvin Ham was saying when he was acting head coach, it's a make or miss league. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, let me ask you a question that this is just for my own personal uh, interest here. Going back to the playoff run, and it's it's always interesting because we know that the local broadcast after the, the first round, is the first round? It's just the first round. So then first round. You're, st- you're still in the building. You're still doing these interviews. You're in the press conferences. We, we understand that you're still around the team. What stands out to you? Is there one thing that stands out to you or some weird memory or something that interaction or something you saw or something that happened that you think about and think, okay, for me as someone working in the business that you are, that was pretty damn cool. Keeping in mind that obviously the whole two month journey was probably pretty fun. Hmm. Okay. I could probably go down the list. Are you talking personally or something about the players? Whatever you want. Zora. I'm interested in, in it all, in it all. I have so many memories from that yeah, finals right. run. Okay, first, we start in Phoenix. I had never been to an NBA finals game. Mm. I grew up in D.C., thus I was a Wizards fan, thus I have never been to an NBA finals game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and I just took all of that in when I walked into the building that night um, and was just like, this is, this is awesome. So I remember, actually, let me go back a little bit. I was actually in Brooklyn when the Bucks beat the Nets in game seven. Mm-hmm. And I got to go as a fan. Mm-hmm. Like I was not working. We weren't doing shoulder programming or anything. And like, I was just watching as a fan. Executives were pacing back and forth. They couldn't even watch the game because it was so nerve wracking. Um, and then afterwards we go down into the locker room and no, the Bucks had not won anything at that point, but it was so abundantly clear that the hardest challenge was over with. I mean, it was, you know, you walk into the locker room, everybody's celebrating. They knew that that series was going to be a dogfight and they had overcome. And so you could, that locker room was so exuberant. Um, bypass the Hawks series. Okay, so now we're in Phoenix. And I just took all of that in, just the excitement of the finals. And By the way, can I just quickly ask, were you surprised then, just to, just very quickly, that they lost game one against Atlanta? Because to me, that felt like the the biggest opportunity for a letdown game of all time. Not that they didn't want to win but coming off that yeah. game seven. Maybe, you know, emotional high, right. right? And then you have to regroup and not that you take anybody lightly, sure. but I don't know if you would have predicted you would have been going up against the Hawks. Mm-hmm, 
Exactly. And then you, then you were. And again, like even Miami, there was that added motivation of like, yo, Miami thinks they got us. No, they don't, especially from the previous season. All right. Like Miami thinks this is a rivalry. It's like a fake rivalry. Like let's squash this. Then obviously the net series. And then they got to the Hawks. I just think, yeah. And they had to regroup and refocus. And obviously the, the Hawks series, Eastern conference finals had its own drama with Giannis's knee and everything. Um, and then Giannis comes back. I mean, this miraculous, like, superhuman recovery superhuman it's it's wild to think about all he did in that series given what happened in the conference finals so you're in there you're in there what are you saying at this point in time because uh Giannis from so this is going back a couple years pre-pandemic when I was still around I mean this man the amount of ice that goes on his body after any given game is extreme so what are you saying what are you allowed to say from Giannis as he's trying to make a comeback. I think everyone's like, this is insane, but also this guy is insane. If anyone could do it, it's probably him. Have a look at those legs. That knee will probably be fine, but it's still very scary to think that he's going to play basketball. What are you saying and thinking? Well, I know that he's superhuman, that everybody was in awe of the fact that he was able to compete at the level that he did in the finals. He exerted everything he had in him. I mean, he was pretty candid about the fact he was still hurt. No, he didn't talk about that during the finals, but afterwards, like he was still hurt. Game six, you you want to know what I remember? Mm-hmm. Is Giannis is of course walking around everywhere. He won't let go of the trophy, and the team nutrition is tagging him along, giving him some sort of drink so that he can rehydrate himself. His body was done. Yeah. Previous game, I can't remember if it was going into game four or five, but he cramped up during a press conference. He had to stop. Like his body was at its wits end. And so he gave everything he had. So that, you know, now that if you go back and watch some of that finals footage of all the interviews Giannis did, there's the team nutritionist, her name is Susie, and she's right there making sure that Giannis drinks fluid as he, you know, dances around the arena after winning his first championship. So that's that's one thing that stands out. And the fact that he could play through all of that at that level, I mean, we already knew the guy was wild, but just solidified it. Uh, incredible. I watched game five and six uh, just recently, actually. Just went back to, to to watch those two games so much that I actually forgot about as well. It was crazy. Just the different things that happened within the game that that I completely forgot. It was fun to go back and watch. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. Before we do, though, Zora, you were on play-by-play duty yesterday. And it's always special when you get to sit in that chair and you get to do that. Uh, of course, it was MLK Day as well. And I do want to say, for those that listening to this podcast but perhaps jumped on recently perhaps jumped on during the playoff run if you go back in the archives to june 15 2020 zora joined me her father charles joined me as well in one of the great episodes of locked on bucks so june 15 2020 you can go back and check that out but i do imagine that uh obviously getting to sit next to marcus is awesome you guys obviously have built incredible chemistry but doing it on that day as well uh, i feel like would have been a an added special special moment for you to be able to have the opportunity to do that in Atlanta. So meaningful for so many reasons. I mean, so it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We're in Atlanta, the place where the man that sacrificed so much was born. A man that helped put me in this position. Like, without Martin Luther King Jr., who's to say I'd even be able, as a Black woman, to be in the play-by-play chair? Or, shoot, be on a broadcast period, right? Um 
So I just felt so much gratitude to be able to simply do my job um, and fill in for the great Lisa Byington on that day. And Martin Luther King Jr. Day means a lot to me for a lot of reasons, but as you know, I'm, my dad and I are very close and every Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we would go do community service in the morning. And then in downtown DC, we just like buy random wizards tickets off the street from somebody <laughs> and head in during like the second quarter. And that was our tradition every Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So to be able to then be calling a basketball game on that day, given, you know, however many years earlier I was in the stands on the holiday, it was, it was really cool. No, it's always cool to see, as I mentioned, how you find it a play-by-play, by the way. I know you've, you've had obviously a few opportunities to do it, but I always look at it and I can talk to anyone. I can talk about basketball. I'm not saying I do a good job of it, but I can do it. <laughs> but doing play-by-play is very different. How, you, how do you I find that? Hardest. And where do you get the reps? Because you do it sporadically. So how do you just sit in the chair and sound so comfortable? It, but for the record, it's by far the hardest role in the broadcast, talent-wise. Like yeah. between analyst, play-by-play, and reporter, I've done all three. It's the hardest one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've done two NBA games at this point, and then I did a WNBA game this summer. In between all of that, um, my agent and I have called games via Zoom, so we'll pull up a game. He'll be the uh-huh. analyst. My husband um, will watch games back. He'll pretend to be the analyst, and I'll just call games. So I'm trying to get reps within the reps, if that makes sense. So, you know, call highlights, all the different things. The other night um, – we were prepping for a game. He's like, Zora, like my husband, he was like, okay, let's practice. Like talk about all the different ways you could say a jump shot, like connects, splash, makes it like just little things like that. Um, you know, adds two to his total. Chris has got 30, whatever it may be, just so I can, you know, continue to work on my vocabulary and decisiveness. And yeah, it's something to be able to talk for two and a half hours even if it is a team that you're so knowledgeable about, but Marcus Johnson helps a ton. He's great as well. He does. You guys were dancing, having a good time. The <laughs> yeah. Bucks didn't lose, but it was uh, the Bucks did lose, I should say. Uh, yeah. But it was still uh, still very entertaining. Zora, you're the best. Uh, you're also doing stuff for Valley Sports, but we see you at NBC. One day I see you doing the Buck stuff. Next thing I'm checking your Instagram story. And you're on the slopes. And I think I messaged you and just said, what the hell is going on here? How are you going from basketball court to the slopes and actually doing this? Um, but it's very cool to see you're a star. And uh, I'm, I'm happy we get to do this from, from time to time. And I do miss the fact that we don't get hours per week to just talk random rubbish. But maybe one day. Maybe I'll get back over. One day. And, you know, you're never forgotten and you're always missed. And if we ever do, you know... Uh, not bring you up for like a month, Giannis will. So know that uh, you're always part of the in-person Milwaukee team here. Uh, one of Giannis's other great skills, he seems to have a pretty damn good memory as well. So the shout out to him. But, uh, that's Zora's, it's it's crazy. But uh, this is Zora Stevenson. Everyone knows Zora. And like I said, if you're joining the show for the first time and you're listening to the audio or you're watching on video, subscribe on either. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got Memphis, by the way, Zora. Uh, John Morant can play. Should be fun. It's going to be a big one. The Bucks need a win. We'll see. We'll that see how true. they go. We'll be back after the game. Uh, Frank will be here. We'll wrap it all up. So we will catch you guys then. For Zora, for myself, I will speak to you guys after the Grizzlies game. 